What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of the Dub Jelson podcast, and they have a very special guest, former Michigan and Purdue guard, Spike Albrecht. Spike, how are you, man? I'm great, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so what have you been up to? Um, I know you're doing your training business, but what other types of projects you've been working on? Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm doing my player development or, or skills training, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm back up in Northwest Indiana in Crown Point. Um, just going back and forth between here and Michigan, working with some kids in the area. Um, and then I'm also, I got a few other side projects I'm doing, um, trying to develop like a little website website and create some some virtual training, things like that. Mm-hmm. The land of uh, Sasha Stavanovich. Sasha. You and Sasha. Probably best. Serbian, Serbian sensation, man. Yeah. I mean, he played a good game last night. We were talking um <clears throat> off air about about Purdue's win over IU yeah no Sasha's awesome man I've known Sasha and his family for a long time um I remember when he was a little kid you know first second grade he'd be playing up with us um you knew from a really young age he was just a little bit different than the rest of the kids at that age and he was going to be a special player um and it was actually my fifth year when I was at Purdue for that one season um Purdue was recruiting Sash really hard. He was a senior at Crown Point, mm-hmm. and I was super excited when he picked up that offer because I knew him and his family, you know, they're lifelong Boiler fans. So, um, you know, it's obviously been an unbelievable um, experience to see him play there, but also to see him, you know, have a, have a crazy amount of success. success um, just, you know, it's an awesome story for him and his family. Mm-hmm. So going back to your training business, talk about, like, what you do specifically with that and kind of how that came to be, why you took that route. Yeah, so, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do something connected to the game, keep me involved, you know, with the game of basketball. Um, I was coaching, you know, and everybody tells you when you want to do something with hoops, they're like, oh, just get into coaching. You know, that's what everybody does, right? So that's a traditional route. So I kind of did that. I was at a prep school last year. I was an assistant coach um, out of the prep school on the East Coast, Northfield Mount Hermon, which is where I played. And I loved it. It was a great experience, great kids. Um, I actually took a grad assistant job at the University of Louisville, um, earlier this year and it just wasn't wasn't what I was hoping for you know wasn't quite what I was super super passionate about I was like hey the one thing I love about hoops is being on the court working guys out building relationships helping kids get better Um, for me that's where I think you can have the most impact and the most influence on a you know a kid and, and their growth both on and off the court so I was like you know, it started back in quarantine. I was doing a bunch of Zooms with kids because nobody had anything to do. So I was doing Zoom ball handling workouts um, and it started to grow and grow and grow. And I've had a lot of kids, you know, kind of under my umbrella. I've been training, you know, for the last seven or eight months. So I was like, screw it. Let's give it a shot. Let's do it full time. See what can happen. So for the last two or three months, I've been doing that. And like I said earlier, going back and forth between Indiana, Michigan, I'm busy. So that's good. And, and for the time being, it's paying the bills and I'm doing what I love, man. So, so it's been fun. Mm-hmm. And about Louisville, you took that grad assistant position. Was that more about like just the fit with Louisville? Do you think if you went to maybe another school? Um, I know PJ and Grady. Um, I've had PJ on. He really loves being grad assistant at Purdue. Do you think it'd be like a different fit if you went somewhere else, tried somewhere else? Yeah, it, it, it might be, you know. Um, and I'm not knocking Louisville. It was, it was a great experience and they're great people. Um, just wasn't for me. You know, I think I'm in a different space as a grad assistant than a lot of people. You know, traditionally, a lot of kids are grad assistants right after they get done playing, you know, 
Yeah. Um, like EJ and Grady, you know, they're 23, 24 years old. Um, I'm 28. You know, I was in medical sales for a few years. Um, grad assistants are used a lot more on the court now, you know, which is, is fun and it sounds cool, you know, but when you're out there playing versus 19, 20 year olds who are in the best shape of their lives, that was tough for me to do every day considering I've had, you know, bilateral hip surgery, fractured back and I'm old as shit, man. You know, let's just keep it real. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe it'd be different elsewhere. Um, you know, I'm also, I wasn't one of Chris Mack's guys, you know, painting uh, PJ and Grady both paid, played for coach paint. So they have a different relationship with him than I do with the Louisville guys. So, um, again, it was just, it was a different experience, but I, I learned a lot from it. And I'm, I'm thankful for Chris Mack and the time I had there. Um, and obviously they're having a great season so far. A hundred percent. Uh, so going back to high school, we kind of talked about you and Sasha. Um, I mean, you guys were both pretty under-recruited, in my opinion. Both turned out to be great college players. Sasha's obviously still at Purdue. Um, what was that kind of recruiting process like getting to Michigan? Yeah, for me, it was – I would say mine was a little bit different than Sasha's. Um, yeah. You know, coming out of high school, man, I I knew I wanted to play Division One basketball from a really young age. And, you know, I had an older brother who went on and played Division One, and a lot of kids in my area were, were playing at a high level. So I – I kind of set the bar there. I knew I, I could get to that level, but for whatever reason, um, some, some people say I don't necessarily pass the eyeball test, you know, whatever that means. Um, but I didn't have any division one offers coming out of high school. So, you know, it was either give up and just go to school at IU or Purdue um, or go the prep school route, which was, you know, very unfamiliar to me, you know, eight or nine years ago, it's a lot different than it is now. I wasn't really sure what prep school entailed. Um, but I took a chance. I bet on myself. I went out east, uh, out near Boston for a year to give my, myself another year to get exposure, um, to get another year of recruiting, get stronger, um, hone in on my skills. Um, and fortunately, you know, I, I, was, I was playing good basketball. Our team was really good. The coach put me in positions to be successful. Um, and so turned up turned out to be a pretty good decision. Mm -hmm. And was, was Michigan the only school to offer you out of prep school? So, yeah, oddly enough, it was, uh, it was Michigan. And the only other school that offered me was Appalachian state. Um, so not, not knocking Appalachian state, um, you know, but just, that just goes to show you again, like even while I was out there, a, a lot of people didn't believe that I, you know, what I was doing, I was having success against really, really good players, you know, guys who were going to power five schools um, you know, our team was like 30 and five, you know, I was a starting point guard playing well, but again, a lot of people don't trust their eyes and, you know, they were like, he doesn't have any offers, so we're not going to offer him. Uh, but John Beeline took a chance and, you know, he saw what I can do and the value I could add. Um, but yeah, those were my only two offers, man. Yeah. Um, so how do you look back on your time at Michigan? Obviously you had a lot of success there. You, you guys team had a lot of success as well. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, you know, shoot, it was, it was the best four years of my life, especially those first two years. I mean, you're talking about a kid from Crown Point, Indiana, who, you know, had zero Division One offers, and a year later I'm playing in the national championship. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Like, mm -hmm. that experience alone as a little kid, you know, you dream of playing in the NCAA tournament, you know, playing in games like that. To say I actually – I was fortunate enough to, to do that and play on Monday night, the last game in college basketball – uh, you know, it was everything I could have dreamed of 
and more, you know, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for those four years, you know, coach B giving me the opportunity, the fans, my teammates, the relationships I made. Um, obviously I was kind of bummed the way it went down, you know, missing my senior year, having hip surgery. Um, but that led me to Purdue. That led me, led me to Purdue and I've got some great friends from Purdue. I had a great year there. Coach paints the man. Uh, so I got two great networks and, and people, you know, I love, I love to, to be around and talk to. So um, I had an amazing college career, not just, you know, on the courts, one thing, but the people I met, the experience I had, um, you know, it's way bigger than basketball. And, and that's what I cherish the most. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about this a little bit later, but um, I mean, that, that run you had with, with Michigan, your freshman year, how did your role kind of shift um, for the beginning of the year up until obviously the national championship game? Yeah. I, you know, I think for most of the year, my role was pretty consistent. Excuse me. Coffee, man. Uh, my role was pretty consistent in that, you know, I was a five to 10 minute uh, game guy. Uh, we had the national player of the year, Trey Burke. You know, we were both smaller guards, so we weren't going to play together. So I would just spell him minutes, you know, right? When he got tired, throw Spike in there, don't turn the ball over, make an open shot, get his ass back out. You know, that's kind of what my role was. Um, but I was cool with that, you know, like, for me, I knew everybody couldn't be the superstar, uh, but I could be the superstar in my role. And that was my role and what I could do to help the team. But it kind of started to evolve throughout the season. You know, I was getting a little bit more minutes each week, each month. Um, you know, and I just I never let the mindset of like, hey, you're a backup. You know, you're coming off the bench. I never let that like affect my preparation. You know, I always prepared every day before and after practice, during practice, as if, you know, I was going to play 30 minutes a game, ultimately, like I did in the national championship. So when that game came, you know, I was more than ready for my opportunity. And talk about that run that you guys had the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Trey was a big part in that. Um, and then it led up to the national championship game. Oh, man, it was it was the most unbelievable experience of my life. Like those three weeks were absolutely crazy. Um, you know, we go to class. You know how the NCAA tournament is. You're playing on either Thursday, Saturday or, or Friday, Sunday. So we go to class like Monday, Tuesday that week and then we'd you know fly out to wherever we were playing or drive or whatever it was we'd go do the Wednesday practice you know in front of the fans uh you know it was it was like police escorts everywhere you went um it, it was just an unbelievable experience like that's where you really saw the entertainment side of the business come into play because everywhere we went we felt like rock stars you know there was like concerts going on you know there's Michigan team hotels uh so it was crazy and it just it just kind of got crazier and crazier, you know, after the first round, second round. And by the final four, it was, I mean, it was in Atlanta, 2013. It was insane. Um, you know, like, I mean, shoot, there were 75,000 people at the game and we were playing in NFL arenas. Like it was, it was, it was wild. You know, that's something like if you had told me I was going to be doing that, you know, a year earlier, I would have, I would have laughed in your face. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I forget which, I don't know if it was the final four game or the elite eight game against Kansas, I believe, when Trey hit that. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. that so that was a Sweet 16 game, actually. Oh. It was, um, it was in Dallas at the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Um, so, yeah, we were down like 12 with like two and a half minutes to go. Trey went bananas, and then he ended up hitting that like 30-footer uh, to send it into overtime. I'll be honest. I thought we were dead in the water. Um, I mean, you're down 12, but like two, two and a half minutes to go. 
Yeah. I remember I was like, man, that was like, hey, I was on the bench. I was like, that was good season. That was a good run. <laughs> and then boom, like, like Trey hit a shot. Glenn got a steal, turnover, layup. I was just like, hold on. Now it's six point game. We got like 45 seconds. And then, I mean, when Trey hit that shot, I was just like, yo, it's, it's destined. There's no way we're losing this game. So that was one of the most unbelievable games I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, and I didn't even play much in the second half, but just watching those final th- two or three minutes, um, it was, it was special. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then how much did you learn from Trey? Like uh, that, that season, obviously after that, I believe he went to the NBA. Um, how did yeah. you learn from him and kind of apply that to the rest of your college career? Yeah, I learned, I learned a ton. You know, I tell people all the time, um, I think my freshman year, um, was like, like my trajectory went through the roof freshman year. Cause, and it's not just because of like, you know, what he was teaching me every day in practice, but that team as a whole, we got together and we competed, you know, like Trey Burke, Timmy Hardaway, you know, Glenn Robinson, Mitch McGarry, the list goes on, Nick Stauskas. I mean, it's just pros, pros, pros. So those practices were wars. And I remember I came in like, as a little freshman, absolutely no threat to Trey Burke and taking his minutes. But like, man, he went at me from day one. And I was like, at first I was like, dang, this dude, like, he don't, he must not like me or something, you know, but that's just how he was. Like he was a different breed. And, and then like, I was like, okay, like, like, Hey, he's just trying to get me to raise my, you know, raise my game. You know, if he didn't do that, I don't know if I would have, you know, been at the level I was at towards the end of the season. And if I would have been able to come in and, and produce the way I did in the national championship, um, you know, but that's, it's like the old saying, like iron sharpens iron. You know, I think we had that type of mentality as a team. So I was forever grateful for the year I had with, with him and a couple of those other guys. Um, Cause it really helped raise my, my game to the next level. And you mentioned all the, all the guys you played with that only that first year. Uh, yeah. That you have going on to the NBA. I was looking at uh, like NBA reference earlier uh, yesterday. I mean, Burke, like you mentioned, uh, Timmy, Levert, Stauskas, Mo Wagner, Duncan Robinson, Glenn Robinson III, Derek Walton, Mitch McGarry. Like, what was it like yeah. to, to play with those guys and, and to see those guys kind of have success at the next level as well? Yeah, it was it was crazy, you know, and that it kind of going back to what I what I had just alluded to, you know, the practices, just the competitiveness, because you know, all those dudes were absolute dogs and in gym raps and gym raps, excuse me we got into the floor and really competed and made each other better. Um, you know, it's just crazy to see the success they're having now at the next level. Um, you know, I'm super happy for them. Obviously all great dudes too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Duncan's story is incredible. Karis story is incredible. You know, we came in Karis with a, you know, six, five, 160 pounds, you know, now he's going to be with the Pacers. He's going to be a future all-star. Um, mm-hmm. But all, all just great dudes who worked extremely hard. And that's the one thing I don't think a lot of people realize is like, yeah, it helps being six, 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 seven, like some of these dudes, right. They've probably got, obviously got some God given abilities, but like the dudes who've had the most success and sustain it at the next level, like Duncan and Karis and a couple of those other guys, like they put in the work, you know, like I thought I worked hard. Um, and then I got to, to Michigan and like, boom, Karis Levert in the gym you know so there's a reason why he's doing what he's doing um it's no coincidence so it's like you know there's no there's no shortcuts to success and um you know i'm just excited to see what the future holds for those guys 
Yeah, me too. I'm glad to see uh, Karis get a little more of a bigger role. Yeah, bigger role. I mean, taking Vic, Vic Victor Oladipo's spot, who was an all star, obviously. Yeah. Uh, him and Sabonis are going to be amazing together. Um, For sure. But then obviously, we, we haven't really touched on it a whole lot, but that national championship game, I remember watching that. And I, I was like, I think I was like 12 or 13. I had to be like middle school age. And I was like, hey, the- your baby, man. I was like, who the hell is this guy going yeah. off? <laughs> so what was that whole, I mean, just that game, what were you feeling? Was it all kind of like a blur? You know, it, it was for sure. Honestly, those couple of weeks were all a blur. Um, but that game in particular, you know, I had, I had kind of been like peaking at the right time. I was playing my best basketball, you know, at the right time of the season, tourney time, which is always a good thing. Um, my shot had always felt really, you know, had been feeling really, really good, you know, and, and I had gotten to the point where I was comfortable with my role. Like I knew what I needed to do when I came in. Um, and, you know, I came in, knocked down a jump shot, you know, one or two, whatever it was. And then Trey picked up his second foul. Uh, and, and I knew coach Beeline, like he was a stickler, like two fouls in the first half you're sitting. So then I kind of had to like shift my mentality, like, Hey, you're not just going to be playing for like three or four minutes here. Like I usually do. Like I knew I was going to be in for about the next 10 or 12 minutes. And at that point, I just remember telling myself is like, Hey, there's 75,000 people here. Like if anything goes wrong, it's going to be on you. Cause like they know trades and foul trouble. So if shit goes sideways, like spikes taking the blame. So I was like, whatever happens, like be aggressive, play with confidence, you know, and don't, like, don't worry about making mistakes, you know, just go out there, do you. Um, so that's kind of what I did. I just, you know, Louisville probably had no idea who the hell I was, you know, so I had some open jump shots. My teammates found me. Um, and you know how it is. Like once you see one or two go in, mm-hmm. you know, you start building confidence, building confidence. And next thing I know, the hoop, you know, felt really, really big. Um, you know, so it was, it was just crazy though. Like it was, it was a really, really cool experience. Obviously I wish, the outcome would have been a little different, um, but I'd be lying if, you know, if it wasn't like a very gratifying moment for all the hard work I put in um, to see it be rewarded on that stage. Mm-hmm. And then like you mentioned, you guys obviously uh, fell a little bit short, but does it take away anything given all the, all the nonsense with Louisville and like that whole scandal? Obviously it wasn't like, like a PED scandal in, in major. Yeah. Football. So it's not something like that, but I think they're technically vacated the win. So like, what do you, what do you and then your teammates and former coaches, like, what do you guys all think about that? Looking back on it? Yeah. I mean, whether or not that game is recorded and they're like the official national champions, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. the game happened, right. Um, they may not have the, the quote unquote title, but neither do we, and we wouldn't want it. Like they beat us fair and square on the court. Um, but like, I don't think it takes away at all from, you know, all the hard work we put in throughout that season, you know, the highs and lows and, and the adversity we faced. Um, and it surely don't take away from the memories. I know that there's still things that we talk about and reminisce, you know, as friends and teammates. Um, I know I was talking with Stout the other day and we were just talking about how much fun we had those two years in Ann Arbor together. Um, so whether or not the championship's still there, that don't matter. Like, I don't think it takes away from the stuff that truly matters. 
Mm-hmm. And then fast forward uh, a few years, you ended up leaving Michigan for Purdue. Uh, you mentioned your hip surgery. Uh, so what all went into, into that decision to leave? And then uh, what stood out about Purdue? Yeah, well, so the hip surgery, um, you know, I was kind of hoping to be back. You know, I was kind of under the illusion that I'd be back and ready to roll for season. And that just, that wasn't realistic. You know, I wasn't even close to, to being ready to roll. Um, so I ultimately decided to do the, the red shirt. Um, I got the medical red shirt. Um, but Coach Beeline, you know, didn't expect me to, to miss my senior year. So he already filled scholarships for the next year. They already had Xavier Simpson coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to take Xavier Simpson over me every time, especially me coming off of injuries. You know, Xavier's a freshman. who's going to be there for four years. Um, so I could have stayed there, you know, and, and maybe paid my way or something. But I was like, hey, you know, I'm probably not going to be playing. You got Derek Wall and Xavier Simpson. Um, I knew that there was other schools out there, you know, that would be interested in me that I could bring value to. I mean, Purdue was one of the first schools I heard heard from once, you know, I, I made the decision and it was officially announced and the waivers were all cleared or whatever it was. Um, but being an Indiana kid, you know, I knew I wanted to stay close to home, Midwest. And obviously, like my family being able to come to the games is important to me. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just like the conversations I had with Coach Paint and just like the, the honest and, and genuine conversations I had. And I could just tell he was like a very real dude, you know, like he, he kept it real with me. You know, there was no BS. Um, and I could just really like feel the sense of like the familyness and, and a brotherhood, um, you know, si- similar to Michigan, honestly, you know, it was like two programs who, you know, do things the right way. You're going to work hard, take care of business. You treat people well. Um, and, and, and that's ultimately what, what led me to Purdue. And, that's the reason why I'm still, you know, close with a lot of the people there at Purdue and, you know, the way that they took care of me that just for one year, I mean, I was there one year, man. And like, they treated me like gold. They still do. So, um, but that's what Purdue basketball is all about. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, people are always coming back to check out games and practices because the way that they, you know, treat their own. And I think that's important. A hundred percent. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to throw shade at IU. I mean, I honestly don't care if you do. But if I know that they were in contact with you, so why did you kind of stay away from them and then some of the other schools that reached out as well? Yeah. Um, Well, so IU was talking to me, but they didn't really have scholarships. You know, they were kind of – oh, my bad, dude. Um, They didn't really have scholarships. They were kind of like going back and forth with me, sort of giving me the runaround. I do think they were interested, but – Ultimately, they were waiting on James Blackman because um, he was, you know, he put his name in. So I think he was considering leaving. He ended up coming back. So they kept trying to get me to wait and wait and wait along with some of these other schools. You know, Syracuse is one of them. Um, a couple school, a couple schools, excuse me, out on the West Coast. Um, but it got to the point where, like, Purdue was 100% interested. Like, Paint wanted me. You know, we, he told me, like, he was super upfront with it. Um, I knew there'd be an opportunity for me to come in and play and compete for minutes. Um, so I was like, you know, I remember talking to my dad and I was like, what else am I looking for? You know, I'm going to go to Purdue. We're going to have a chance to, to win the big 10. We're going to play in the NCAA tournament, which we ultimately did. We won the big 10. We went to the sweet 16. You know, I got my master's degree. Um, so it was, it was a no brainer, you know, and again, like that's not throwing shade at any of the other schools, but like at the end of the day, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm wanted. 
mm. and where I'm going to be appreciated and, and valued. And even though I wasn't even the same player I was at Michigan, like Coach Paint saw the value in what I could bring to that team. So, um, you know, I'm glad I made the decision I did to go to Purdue. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned winning the Big Ten. That was the first of two, I believe, in this band, like mm -hmm. three years. Uh, so what was that season like? Just playing with all and the it was – it was it was awesome, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it was a little bit weird being in the Big Ten, especially when we played Michigan. I'm still pissed they beat us twice. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I wasn't even very good my last year at Purdue. You know, I had a lot of injuries. I ended up fresh my back. I missed games, but I had so much fun with those guys. You know, some really really close friends who I'm still good buddies with now, and like I genuine genuinely was like excited to go to practice every day. Um, you know, I love playing for coach Payne. He is, I'm sure you know, but he is one of the funniest dudes you'll ever meet. Yeah. I like him. And like coach B from Michigan, coach B line is a great dude. And I, I love him too, but like, they were just so much different, you know, whereas like Payne is just like one of us just talking right now, chopping it up. He had so many great liner, great one liners. Like I can, man, I can't even say some of the stuff, but I just remember like I'd be in practice. He'd say something and I would just start dying laughing. I was like, Hey, this dude is crazy, but he's funny as hell. So it was it was a blast, man. Mm, I love Coach Paint. Uh, do you have any stories that you can share without, without getting people in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. You know, one time one time I will. We were in practice and I was uh. No, I can't even say it. I can't even say it. <laughs> Um, slide. Um, he had some really good ones. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but no, great, great dude. Um, obviously a great coach. I mean, look what he's been doing over, you know, the last eight to 10 years at Purdue. Um, but just like I said, really, really good dude. And um, for me only being one, being there one year and like still to this day, like anytime I need some advice or, you know, seek anything out about the basketball world, like, he's there. He gets back to me immediately. And that's something like, I really, really appreciate. And, you know, that goes a long way. So I'll tell you the story offline one time. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, so how are coach Beeline and um, Painter similar and different? Obviously you mentioned like the way they go about things, Beeline's more hard edge and then Painter's a little on the, on the goofier side, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say coach Paint's on the goofier side. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I'd say like you know, he's funny. He's, yeah, yeah. But he's he's a hard ass too. Like he'll he'll get on you. You know, like there was a lot of times he was he got on me too. Uh, but like that just you know comes with the territory. Um, I think they're very very similar in that they're both like you know, for a they're amazing at what they do. Um, but like their preparation and their attention to details, you know, in terms of like practice plans and, and film and scouting. Um, like they both put in long hours, uh, you know, but just, I would say the biggest difference is, you know, like style of play, you know, and probably coaching philosophies. Um, I think coach paint, you know, I think most people would agree. He's probably a little bit more defensive minded, yep. you know, practices. We had a little more defense at, at Purdue on the practice plan than we did at Michigan. Um, but, uh, you know, both phenomenal coaches in their own right. Um, you know, and also I think, you know, Coach B's probably a little more old school, like a little bit older. Coach Paint's a little younger. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, they both tremendous success. Probably both going to be Hall of Famers. Like, um, so I was very fortunate to be able to play for both of those dudes. And 
I learned a lot, learned a lot in those five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to make you choose like one guy, but you were like two or three guys um, that you played with in college, both at Michigan and Purdue that you think are probably the most talented. Ooh, most talented. Um, yeah. So I tell people all the time, like, in, so we're talking in college now. Yeah. Right. Like I know Duncan Robinson, what they're doing now is crazy, but in college, Trey Burke's the best player I've ever, I've ever played against and I've ever seen. Mm -hmm, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, national player of the year, unanimous. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, going against him every day, was, was crazy. Um, I would say Trey, I would say Stauskas and Karis Levert are up there for sure. Um, Purdue's easy. I mean, Carson Edwards, you know, I only played with him for one year, but like the stuff he was doing as a freshman, most freshmen ain't doing that. Like it was crazy. I was a fifth year senior and he was coming into open gym and I was like, you know, I'm like seven years older than this kid and he's just giving me the business. Um, the other dude, he's probably the most talented of the bunch just naturally is Mitch McGarry. Um, you know, big Mitch, if he wanted to, he could, you know, he'd be an NBA all-star right now. He was that gifted. Um, but, you know, I just don't think basketball was something he was super passionate about. And that's fine. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot to choose from. You know, I'm, guys are probably mad I'm leaving them off. Mo Weezy, Mo Wagner was super talented. Um, but, yeah, the, the list goes on, man. They're all, you know, uniquely talented in their own right. Mm -hmm. And then um, I know we're getting close to time, but uh, how much Big Ten basketball do you watch? I know before we – where we got on, we were talking about Michigan and Purdue. Uh, so how much, how much Big Ten basketball and college basketball in general do you watch now? You know what? I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick back up with it and watch a little bit more now. It's, it's been tough. I'm not going to lie because I've been really busy, you know, with, with the training and the traveling. Um, but I'm always trying to at least keep tabs on when Michigan and Purdue are playing, trying to watch those guys. Um, you know, I was able to catch most of the Purdue game last night. Obviously, I saw Michigan versus Wisconsin the other day. Um, but yeah, I, when hopefully, if, well, I don't know, hopefully I don't want things to slow up with my training. Um, but I, I would love to be able to watch more college basketball. Um, but unfortunately I feel like I'm catching more of like the highlights in the tail end now, but I will say this, the big Ten's loaded, you know, obviously I know that. And, um, you know, I think they're going to get a lot of teams into the NCAA tourney. Um, and I think both, you know, Michigan and Purdue are up there towards the top, top half of the big 10 for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I mean, well, Michigan for sure. Michigan's oh, rolling. Yeah. Michigan is. I texted you, and they're yeah. playing Wisconsin the other day. They were up like what thirty-five or something crazy like that. Dude, they're up forty on a top ten team in the country. Up forty, like that's crazy. They're they're rolling. And people don't do that to Wisconsin very often. Like Wisconsin is no. a solid team. Yeah, like ever. Like yeah, Wisconsin. They always keep the game close. You know, even if it's ugly, like they keep it close. Hundred mm, percent. Um. So do you think Michigan's probably? I mean, I think they're a top three team. It's them, Baylor, and, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's filthy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I definitely think they are top three, top five. Um, you know, I just think they got all the pieces, you know. They got good inside presence with, with Dickinson. They got some good, strong guard play. You know, the fifth-year transfer, uh, Mike Smith turned out to be really solid for them. And then you got Franz, you got Livers. Like, they got some players, you know. They got, they got some pieces. Um, but I think that the thing that separates them is their, their garden, man. Mm -hmm. Like the best teams in the country, like everyone's talented. So everyone can score the basketball, 
Yeah. You know, and most people want to score the basketball, right? Because that's cool. Like people, that's what makes the highlights. But Michigan wants to defend. And I think that's what's separating them right now. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Um, and then as far as Purdue goes, obviously we picked up a big win last night against, against IU. But uh, we're, we're kind of a little um, inconsistent, I'd say. I mean, we're, we're nine and five, but yeah. Um, what have your impressions been of, of Purdue so far this season? Not well, I think last night was a huge win, and I think it was like one of those games you just have to have, mm-hmm. right? I know Coach Paint said it the other day. They were talking about uh, the NCAA tournament being in Indy, and he was like, hey, that's cool. He's like, but I want to be in it, right? Like, that's the biggest thing right now. Every game for them is an opportunity for them to build their resume and, and get into the tourney. Um, and I think that's the approach and the mindset they're taking. Um, but, yeah, I think they're coming along, getting better each day. You know, I think early on, you got a lot of you got a lot of young dudes, a lot of freshmen, and you know, four or five freshmen playing. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to, you know, figure out your identity and who you are, you know, who's your closer, things like that, you know. But the Michigan State game was a huge win on the road. You know, that's going to look good on the resume come uh, selection Sunday at IU. You know, they just got to keep stringing, stringing along a couple more of these these wins. Um, you know, cause then you get into the, you get into the tournament, man, and anything can happen, you know? Yeah. You get past that first weekend, like it's anyone's game. So, um, you know, I think they're trending in the right direction and I think they still got some work to do, but you got some dudes in there who are going to work hard. Coach Payne's going to hold them accountable and push these dudes. And there's one thing I know about coach Payne, he's going to maximize the potential and get the most out of that team. You know, he's proven that over the last, you know, especially these last four or five years. So I'm excited for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, all right, fake, like a ideal scenario. Michigan and Purdue playing at the end of the season, Big Ten Championship on the line. Who you, not who do you think would win? Who do you want to win? I knew you were going to ask that. Be careful with your answer. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to crack a Miller light and I'm going to bet on the over and I'm going to root for a lot of points. That's what I'm going to do. So you're not going to give me an answer? <laughs> That's your answer, dude. All right. Miller light in a lot of buckets. Yeah. Um, so me. Last thing I want to talk about, obviously we've, we've mentioned how the big 10 is just absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, just like it is pretty much every year. I think it's the best conference in America. Um, so what, what was the landscape like when you were there and uh, what teams did you enjoy playing, playing against and, and going to play? Yeah, I think, well, especially my first two years, I think the big 10 was loaded. Um, You know, like to put it in perspective, my freshman year, we went to the national championship game. We finished fifth in the big 10 that year. All right. We were a four seed. We finished fifth in the big 10, Um, went to the national, like that's crazy. Um, IU was nasty. They had Oladipo, Zeller, Yogi, Wofford, um, IU was a fun place to play. Uh, Assembly Hall was rocking. Um, Purdue was a little bit down those first couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a couple of those years where, where they weren't doing so hot. Uh, but like Mackey was still electric. That's one thing I love about Mackey is like, you know, even when they were struggling, like it was crazy. When I was there at Purdue, we'd be playing who gives a shit state and that thing would be packed. It was awesome. Um, and that's like, man, I respect that. Like that's, that's what, you know, I would say Michigan State was crazy. East Lansing, 
No, East Lansing's a dump. Um, trying to think. Who else? Give me some more teams. Give me some more teams. Uh, Maryland, I believe, was good around that time. Maryland was good. College Park, their their arena's sweet. Their arena's really cool. Um, Ohio State, I was always like a little bit unimpressed with Ohio State for some reason, you know, because I think because Michigan Ohio State's such a big like football rivalry, it just didn't compare in basketball. And for me, like it never had the same same uh, sort of juice. So I think when I was at Michigan, it was, you know, IU, Michigan State. Um, and then obviously when I was at Purdue, it was it was IU. Like to play in that game was awesome. To play in the crossroads was awesome, too. I'm glad I got to experience that, even though I didn't even play because I was hurt, of course. But uh, that was still an awesome experience. We beat Notre Dame. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then you guys beat IU, I believe, right, that year? Oh, yeah. We beat them twice. We beat them at their place, and then we beat them at home on senior night for the Big Ten Championship. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. What was it like to see uh, – last question, I'm going to let you go, but what was it like to see those those older guys like Vince, Isaac, Dakota, and all them um, Yeah, the Big Ten Championship and knowing how much they – they cared about that rivalry to do it against IU at home. Yeah, it was aw- it was awesome, man. And like, especially for those dudes, because like them along with Rafael Davis were like part of that crew that helped, you know, like shape the culture and, and bring Purdue basketball back to where it where it is today. Um, you know, so like I was there only for that one year and played a small role in it. Like those dudes are are what put them back, you know, you know, at the top of the Big Ten. So to see them like get a celebrated big 10 championship versus Purdue or versus, excuse me, IU. And like, I knew how much that meant to them, you know, and like PJ Thompson being an IU kid, you know, Ryan Klein, not an IU being an Indiana kid, Ryan Klein, Indiana kid, like that game, it means a lot, you know, and for, for us to be able to win that game, you know, on senior night for the big 10 championship, it was, it was a cool feeling for everyone. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, like I said, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, super fun to talk to you. Um, I'm wishing you the best in all your, in all your endeavors and uh, stay safe. For sure. Likewise, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, for sure. All right. You take care. Yep, you too.